Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. When Clayton and Romy, a few months ago, would you turn around to me in the middle of service and said, are you ready to preach? On a Sunday, and I said, now? You know, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then Romy, Romy asked me later, how much time do you need? And I told her, you know, I just felt like I had a word for, for the church. And so when Romy and Clayton were over recently, they brought it up again. I thought I had skirted that for a little while, but they brought it up again. And uh, she picked a date. And I texted her last week and I said, you do realize it's Father's Day that you're asking me to preach. And she said, yeah, it's okay. We are non-traditional here, so it may not have to be an exact Father's Day message. But it's funny because when I began to really seek the Lord, and I said, Lord, what, what is on your heart? What is it that you want me to share? It all tied in with the Heavenly Father. So it's appropriate for today. He gave me the word identity. Identity. <laughs> when Pastor Romy um, and I began talking and I went before the Lord and I heard that word identity, you know, we've been talking about it a lot in church and just trying to figure out who we are, right? The definition of identity, the traditional uh, definition of identity is who you are, the way you think about yourself, the way you are viewed by the world, and the characteristics that define you. I'm not so sure I agree with that traditional definition. When I look at the biblical definition by God of identity, it is ultimately who God created you to be. Who God created you to be. Not how people view you, not the characteristics you portray. It is ultimately, what are you two grinning about? Who God <laughs> created you to be, okay? God created Sammy with a very unique DNA. Created Brent with a completely different DNA. <laughs> Just like my husband and I, my kids, oh my word. Thumbprint of John, a couple of them, thumbprint of me, right? Yeah. God created each and every person since the beginning of time with a unique DNA that is not, I don't, even twins, right? There are still things that separate and make them unique, right? Think about this. When you know your identity in Christ, it is powerful. Satan knows that. So what's happening in the world right now? What's happening? Gender confusion, right? I identify as a she, her. You're a he, him, or a they, them. People are putting it on their email addresses and their signatures. People I work with all the time, I'm a he, him, because I don't know. What do you think the tactic is of the enemy to get you to not understand what your identity is? It is create confusion. Think about the parents right now. Have you heard of this? The parents, when a child is born, that are not putting on a birth certificate 
a boy or a girl. Do you know that's happening? They're deciding to let their children decide who they want to identify as or what they want to identify as. That is a direct tactic of the enemy to thwart that child from knowing their true identity. Does that make sense? And it's becoming more and more common and prevalent and acceptable to allow kids five years old to decide, well, I think I want to be a girl today and it's a little boy. So all of that is an all-out assault on our identity of who Christ designed us to be. See, identity, when you know your identity, identity is directly equal to your destiny. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Your true identity is equal to your destiny. Think about it. If I don't know who I am as a child, if I'm a boy or a girl, how do I know what my destiny is? If I'm confused, how do I know what my purpose is? Does that make sense? When I was thinking about this, I am... Um, you know, just sat before the Lord and I started opening up scripture. And I said, Lord, this even happens. Think about it when a mom is pregnant, has conceived. But man, that mom wants a, a girl, right? She's praying over that baby and desires of her heart's a girl. But then it's a boy that's born, right? Even before we're born, sometimes there are things that are thought of you or prayed over you. So the enemy has starts way before. Well, God starts way, way before, right? Jeremiah 1.5. Do we have Jeremiah 1.5 up here? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, this is God speaking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is before the Lord, and he's like, I'm too young to speak. I don't know how to speak. How can I? And God's saying, no. Before you were even conceived, I already had a destiny for you. I know what your identity is, and I'm speaking it to you now, right? So... He had a specific plan, a destiny, a purpose mapped out for Jeremiah before Jeremiah was even thought of or born, conceived or born. How much more does he do that for every single one of us, right? Think about all the millions of people. God has a specific destiny that he designed because of the identity he created in you and you and me. It kind of blew me away a little bit thinking about that, the, how magnificent each, so unique DNA, unique identity, unique purpose, unique destiny, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go to one, uh, Psalm 139, 13 through 16. I love this. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb, 
I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Listen to this. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All your days, that means today is written in the book. Tomorrow, your future, your destiny has already been determined before we were even created. Okay? Satan knows that understanding and knowing your identity is directly related to your destiny. So again, he tries from the very, very beginning to confuse and twist your understanding of your own identity. Okay? Let's think about it. Childhood trauma. An abusive father or mother. An absent father or mother. Rejection you experience. Abandonment you experience. Fear. Where can you begin to identify areas in any part of your life where the enemy has tried to come in and thwart and confuse the identity that God put in you? Because literally, every single person in this room can probably say there have been times where the enemy has tried to get in there, right? I want to think through. We are made up of spirit, soul, and body, okay? So our body, physical body, God's perfect identity for you. Let's talk about that realm, your body. God created you the way you are, right? If he gave you blonde hair and blue eyes, that's how he wanted you. If he made you tall, if he made you short, whatever that may be, that's how he created you. That was your DNA. That's what he had planned for you, right? Mine's different from yours. We're all unique. I have a certain number of hairs on my head. Sammy has a certain number of hairs on her head. God knows each number, right? Sorry, Brent. I tried. I wasn't going there. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Brent. <laughs> so, that part of us, God's created. That's our unique identity. Let's talk about the spirit. Your spirit, when you submit, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you're a new creation, your spirit communes with the Lord. The enemy can't get in there. You can't be you can't be demon-possessed in your spirit because once you submit and create, uh, you know, that, that relationship with the Lord and ask the Lord into your heart, that spirit, that communes back and forth, okay? Where the enemy knows that there is areas to work in is in our soul. The soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions, okay? I want to give you a little bit of an example of my own life. Um, because I experienced some things just like so many other people. As a child, my parents divorced when I was five. Okay? All I knew in my little mind was that my dad left. 
I didn't understand why, I didn't understand what was happening, but I just knew that my father was no longer there. I didn't know how to process that as a five-year-old, right? So what began to happen is my mom would work all the time trying to support us, and I basically raised myself with my sisters, but I was home alone all the time, and fear began to creep in, okay? I was home trying to lock doors, as a little child, I thought if I left all the doors and garage and doors wide open with all the lights on in the house, that people wouldn't try to come in the house. I could escape easily. So this is the process of a six, seven, eight-year-old that I'm dealing with, right? And, and trying not to, you know, trying to manage. And fear began to creep in. So I'd be afraid to go to bed at night or whatever it may be. My mom was a nurse. She'd get home at midnight. So I'd tuck myself in, right? Ever since then, I have battled fear in my life. I had to deal with abandonment, right? That was an open door that the enemy saw that he could get in. And as a child, you don't necessarily know better, right? I mean, it just happens to you. But that began to shape what I thought my identity was. So I began to operate in ways as I grew up as a teenager and even as an adult, battling fear, battling trust issues, battling all the things that come associated with an abandon, you know, with a father abandoning you or leaving you or not understanding your heavenly father, right? That's, that childhood shaped me in a way of not understanding my identity. My emotions were affected. My outlook was affected on myself towards others. I didn't understand what God created in me because I had outside influences shape my perception of my identity. Does that make sense? I didn't know how to operate because I didn't know who I was, and I didn't know whose I was. Okay? Can you all look in your life and see areas where the enemy has tried to get in there to shape and make you believe your identity is one way? I was very timid. I was timid <laughs> as, a, as a child, and I was scared to, to do new things or try new things, and I never had confidence until I started to allow the Lord to reveal in me where my thoughts were a little warped because I didn't understand who I really was. How do we how do we begin to process? How do we begin to see those things? It's only in God's presence. It's only in his presence. The constant barrage of lies over and over that the enemy wants to keep telling you as, it, as he did me, it starts to desensitize you from understanding your call and your purpose and your destiny. Think about, you know, somebody who's battling homosexuality. 
the lies that are just spoken over and over, it desensitizes and now it's just common and love is love and you know, that's what the world wants to say right now and so that person's identity, that's what they think, they believe and it's okay but that's not how God truly created them to be. That wasn't their true identity, okay? When I really began to seek the Lord and it was in his presence and literally, I mean, I'm an adult at this point. Right before meeting John, I just started going through, and I, you guys, I was raised as a Christian, but I didn't understand the influences that changed and affected my outlook and my perception of who I was made to be. If I didn't get before the Lord and start to get healed, you better believe I wouldn't have been up here right now. So you see how the course was taking me right? Because the enemy got in at a young age. I didn't understand it. I'm going this direction because this is who I think I'm supposed to be because those are the lies that were spoken to me. So I'm walking this way until I finally had encounters with the Lord. I mean real encounters where you're laid open wide and allowing the Lord to just gently reveal and speak truth about who you were truly made to be. And so that takes a real humbling, that takes a real vulnerability to get before the Lord and find that place. It doesn't come unless you look for it and ask for it and are open to it. That's what it takes, okay? Oftentimes people will compensate and act in ways to seek attention, right? There's a need within them. They didn't get the attention as a child or as an adult or whatever it may be. So you see adults acting in ways to seek attention, right? You see outbursts of anger from deep inside because there have been areas where somebody's wounded that person or that child or whatever it may be and it comes out in anger right? And bursts of anger. I've done it all. Right? Every area in our mind, our will, and our emotions, the enemy can have access to, right? May have had access to. But until we get before the Lord and in his presence is when there's true, true transformation of understanding what our true identity is, okay? Satan knew he had an area that he could mess with me. It was an open door. And I'm telling you to this day, he keeps trying to knock on that door because he once had access there, okay? When you, it's like layers of an onion, you hear that term? Like the Lord may deal with one layer <laughs> and we feel set free in that area and that peels that layer off. But what's underneath it? More and more. And so when you deal with one issue, don't be surprised if there's another. And that's okay. Because, see, that's the process of, of renewing your mind. And when you commune with the Lord and are in his presence, he'll go... Mars, you're doing really good in that area, but you know what? Let, let's look at this now. 
And then you begin to say, you know, Lord, you're right. I take that thought captive in the name of Jesus. So when the enemy tries to go through the door that may be in your life or your life, you have a choice. Are you going to shut that door and say, not today, Satan? Not today. You may try to bring fear. You may try to tell me something's going to happen to my child or, or, you know, whatever that fear may be or whatever that issue may be, but I'm not going to believe that lie today in the name of Jesus. And you battle because you're not going to open the door. He'll even be jiggling that lock, trying to make sure that there's any, any open area there. And in moments of weakness, when we're tired, right, when are, when are those bursts of anger come out? When are those emotions or those fears or whatever it may be when we're worn down? And that's even more important to recognize because that's when the enemy wants to get in, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your relationships, whatever it may be, okay? Again, I want you to start thinking of areas and those doors that may be cracked open still in your lives where the enemy can potentially come in where we might need to make sure that those are fully, fully shut and locked right? Our belief system has been shaped by lies that the enemy has told us, again, whether through outside experiences or influences, or a voice that lies within and has access to that area. Can you go to Ephesians 6, 10 through 18? All right, so we're going to talk about the armor of God. When I told you, when I, I looked that rotten devil in the face when he's trying to, literally, you guys, I think Clayton was speaking about this a couple weeks ago, about how a thought can just come in, right? So the enemy knows that that's been an area of fear, so a thought will come in, literally about my child or one of my kids or something, and I have to go, nope, I take that captive, not today. I plead the blood of Jesus over my son, or I plead the blood, I, you immediately capture that and battle it, okay? So when I, and as I continually go through this, I really began to study the armor of God. So Ephesians 6 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in this place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is how you battle. That is how you battle. Literally, I pray those things over myself, over my family, and I get into his presence. In his presence presence, fullness of joy, but is in his presence that healing 
revelation comes. And that's the safe place. That's when you're in the Father's arms like we were praying or singing, right? His love. He knows the identity that he created in each and every one of us. He knows the destiny that he saw way before you were even thought of. His desire is just to get you into that place where he can use you because you become a weapon when you walk in your purpose. When you know with confidence who God created you to be and you're not worried about that person talking about you. You're not worried about speaking truth because of the backlash that comes. You become a weapon that the Lord can use and that he plans on using. Right? That's a, it's never too late and it's never too early at a younger age. You are a weapon as a teenager. You are a weapon as a young adult. As a child that can speak truth, you are a weapon that the Lord, you know, has a plan for. He's got plans for every single per- person here to bring about his ultimate will on this earth, right? We're supposed to take dominion. But if we are afraid because of maybe issues, fears, not understanding who we were designed to be, then it's going to take a little longer right, to get back on that path and that purpose. You know, I was talking to my sister about this, and she just began to cry just the other day because she had to go through that healing that I've gone through as well. And she said, Mars, she said, you know, I would walk and walk, and I would just cry. And I would just be in the presence of the Lord while I was walking. And she would say, I would just lift my my face and begin, you know, Lord, just show me. Who am I? Who am I? Because she dealt with a lot of the same things I did, not having a father around, right? And she said it reminded her of an ultrasound. So when an ultrasound is done, if there's any nurses in the room, you can correct me. But from my understanding, when, when an ultrasound is done, it's like a... A sun, like a reflection. It's bouncing off and reflecting back to the paper what is happening in the womb, okay? She said it reminded her of an ultrasound. So she would be, you know, open and just communing with the Lord, and he would then reflect back those areas that needed healing. That it would be a reflection back in a, in a gentle, loving way of those areas where maybe you're not operating as you should be because you're operating out of a different place that has influenced you. So when we talked about that, I said, Karen, what was it? She she said it was always in his presence. It's in his presence that I felt safe enough to really have those conversations and take a hard look at myself and be okay with saying, yeah, maybe I'm acting out in this way because of an open door that never has fully been closed or healed, right? Now, I'm not one, and as you get to know me, I'm, I'm one of those suck it up buttercup because I am, I, I'm like, sorry, <laughs> but I, I have to work on 
What do you say, John? I have to work on grace. <laughs> that came out really fast. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Lord, maybe I still got to work on that. <laughs> I am one now as I have really walked into, you got to be careful you don't swing too much the opposite way, right? But I am one that's like, deal with it. This is it. Let's just go. Like, like it's okay. I, I, I have a hard time sometimes, the compassionate side of me I'm really working on and the grace side because, and I, trust me, I need all the grace in the world. But sometimes I'm like, okay, let's recognize it, deal with it, and let's just keep going, Amen. right? And so yeah. I don't, this isn't a session of, Let's look at all of our childhood, you know, and stay there. It's a quick, Lord, reveal to me an area that there's something that may not be right. I'll deal with it. I forgive whoever I need to forgive. I recognize that, yeah, maybe my actions aren't what they should be. Heal this, Lord, and keep on moving. You're not, I'm not asking you to dwell in that place where, you know, woe is me and this yeah. is what, because we've, I know there's some serious things that people have dealt with, right? But that's not what this is about. This is about identifying, is there still an open door? Lord, help me to know who I was created to be, and then show me your purpose. Show me my destiny. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So what happens when you have that kind of openness from the Lord? Freedom. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Freedom just comes. I can't tell you how bound I was by the opin opinions of man, the fear that I walked in. It is crippling if you let it stay there. Yeah. Truly crippling for each and every one of us. But when you begin to open that up, deal with it, and move on, the freedom that you experience, like my shoulders, you guys, when I was young, I used to get headaches all the time because I was like this. I bet some of you can relate to that kind of daily way of, of carrying yourself. It's because you're not walking in the freedom. And if you have insecurities or if you're not, you know, if you're so concerned about all the other things instead of what God said you are, you're going to be like this. But once those things are broken off of you, there is such freedom and joy that I'm telling you, you cannot, nothing can compare to. I don't walk around being real concerned what Akeem thinks of me or what Clayton thinks of me anymore, but I would have years ago. Now, I do care <laughs> in the right way, but it doesn't cripple me to change my behavior and act in a way that is not who God created me to be. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Can you all relate to some of that in some areas? Have you been in places where you want to do something or say one thing, but out of fear or out of intimidation or whatever it may be, you hold back? I mean, my teens, my kids, the, you know, what they are facing right now is a lot worse I feel like than what I had to face at that age. But when you have a young person that knows who they are, right. 
without fear of who's surrounding them, it is powerful. Powerful. All right. Walking in our purpose. Psalms, I know I didn't give you this one. It's okay, Jessica. Um, Psalm 37, 23 talks about about the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So, the freedom we have, we're no longer bound. We can walk in the purposes without hindrance or fear, right? The peace, the internal struggle of being created one way, and yet the behavior isn't lining up. That struggle begins to fade, and true peace begins to take over. The steadfastness, when storms come, let me give you an example. I'm sitting up here, I'm speaking, right? When I'm done, where my mind will go if I let it, I get so critical of myself. Gosh, you suck. Sorry. (laughs) Or that didn't, you know, you didn't, you didn't relay what what you really should have said or you miss the point here and you see how the enemy will keep trying to influence and bring words to destroy and to break down what I know I'm supposed to be here today. I know I'm supposed to be speaking a word today, but where the enemy keeps trying to come in, I have to battle and say, no, Lord, I submit to you. I ask you to speak through me and you see the war and the battle and that kind of thing that you always are going to keep taking against an enemy who wants to thwart your identity and your destiny. Knowing and understanding your identity will directly impact our purpose in life. Understanding your purpose, okay, listen to this. Understanding your purpose will drive the action you take in life. Understanding your purpose is a shorter-term focus. It kind of gives you the steps. But understanding your destiny, that's the larger picture of what God planned for you before you were born. It provides long-term perspective and goals and direction. I think when you think about it that way, it just shows how much God truly loves each individual. Truly loves each individual. He planned just for you a purpose and a destiny, right? I mean, think about that, you guys. Like, he designed Romy for something so incredible. It's not what it's designed for me, but it's for Romy. Just Romy, right? Just Clayton, just each and every one of you, that he loves you that much that he's poured everything you need to fulfill that purpose within you. And when you recognize where the enemy tries to come in and you get before the Lord and you get healed and you begin to recognize that, okay, yep, I'm going to stop talking that way. I'm going to stop thinking that way. I'm going to renew my mind so I don't go to the old place. And I'm going to put on the armor of God every single day to combat. It's not people we are at war with. 
That's why Satan started from a very, very young age in my life and most likely many of yours to thwart the identity that God created within you. Is it okay if I just pray? Is that all right, you guys? I have more, but I just want to pray. <laughs> Let's all go ahead and just bow our, bow our heads and close our eyes for a minute here. Heavenly Father, we just worship you. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence. Fill this place, Lord. You are here. I just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, it's in your presence that we can experience healing and understanding of the true identity, God, that you created in each and every one because it's important. It's important that we know and understand our identity that you designed in us. Not what the world says, not what the enemy says, but that you designed in us, Father. Lord, I begin, I ask that you begin to work on the hearts of each and every person here, Father. And Lord, as we quickly, Father, just, Lord, I ask that you just begin to identify those areas to each person here. If there's any area Lord, where the enemy might have a small foothold, Lord, or a large foothold, Father, and an open door because they are operating in a way, Father, that came about from influences or whatever it may be from a young age or even as an adult, Father. I pray that you begin to drop into their minds, Father, an area where, yeah, I see that that was the enemy working against me to cause me to act this way or to cause harm or fear, whatever it may be. If there's anyone here, and while your eyes are closed, if you want me to pray for you, if there are areas where you feel like you want to just submit and lay before the Lord, if you want to just raise your hand for me, I would love to pray for you. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, you see these hands across this area, Father. Lord, that is a desire and an open heart to want to, to be healed, to move in areas that they know, Father, that are, they are supposed to move into and to release the ones that they are not supposed to carry, Father. Lord, I speak healing, I speak wholeness, I speak, Father, just a revelation of who each and every one of these people are to you, Father. Lord, you design such unique traits, DNA, destiny. Their identity is found only in you, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, God, that they will be able to shake off, Lord, those things that hinder them, Lord, in every area, whether it's fear, I break fear off of them in Jesus' name. Lord, if it's anger, Father, that spirit I break in Jesus' name. Father, in those areas, I ask, God, that they're uh, receiving revelation of an area that they need healing in. I thank you, Lord, you are doing a deep work by your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. 
I thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place, Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you fill those places with your peace, with your love, with your joy. Father, your desire is that they commune with you in such an open way that, Lord, that you will continually keep speaking and speaking and molding so that they are ready and they can walk in divine purpose and destiny, Father. Lord, we honor you. We thank you, Father. We thank you that your love as a heavenly Father is so rich. It's so deep. Lord, that you, Lord, there's nothing any person in this room could have done that would separate them from the love of God. And I thank you, Lord, that your blood and your love covers a multitude of sin. And I thank you, Lord, that your presence, Father, will fill those areas, Jesus. We bless your name, Father. We give you all the glory, all the honor, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.